You're listening to Rocket with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio. Hello, you have tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio, where we discuss insider secrets to health and so much more. Here on Rocket with Dr. Tamika, we take a look at health from a broad perspective and we break it down so that it's relatable, doable, and most definitely fun. And yes, you've guessed it, I am Dr. Tamika. So my rock stars, are you ready? I hope you have your minds open, your ears and gear to learn, and you're ready to take your health to the next level. Now think about this. As we continue on our health and beauty series from the inside out, I have heard and read and responded to various questions. I have been asked about hair products, increasing collagen, and do the products actually work to help with anti-aging? I mean, it's great to see this level of interest, but what about the psychological impact? Is there both an upside and a downside to this health and beauty industry? I mean, it is a billions and billions of dollars of industry. Is this even something we need to think about or consider? especially in this age of instant gratification. How does this health and beauty industry affect our youth? I really want to talk about our youth here in this health and beauty series because when you think of health and beauty, a lot of people think of uh, young women and men in their uh, early 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and on. But what about the youth? So I thought about it. I thought I'd bring you an expert of experts. My next guest on our health and beauty series on Rocket with Dr. Tamika is Dr. Kimberly Cardillo. She is a board certified psychiatrist who was dropping daily pearls in her practice. What I love about her is she's really calming, like really calming, fun, and gives practical advice that many can easily follow. Did I mention she's a child psychiatrist? Did I say that? No, I'm going to say it now. You know, our youth need guidance, reassurance, and reminders to help them become the best and get their job, to get the job that they have inside of them done. And of course, did I tell you that Dr. Cardillo is totally super down to earth, an expert in her field, and she's even been on the local ABC News. Her husband's an ER physician. I mean, like, they're like over everywhere. I'm like thankful she can spend some time with our rock stars here on Dash Radio. So let's give a warm welcome to... Dr. Kimberly Cardillo here on Rocket with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio. What's up, Dr. Cardillo? Hey, Dr. Tamika. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm really, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much. I am super happy to have you. I don't think people realize, like, I'm just going to tell them, like, you are so educated and so much fun. And, like, I love it because no one will really know that you and I are physicians because we're, we're just those kind of people, you know? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and then to top it off, your husband, uh, Dr. Anthony Cardillo, who happens to be an ER physician, actually who happens to be my classmate from medical school. So I'm like, totally cool. <laughs> That's right. You guys are classmates at USC. Oh, try to fight on Trojans, fight on. Um, so as I have you here for the next time frame. I don't know how long we'll go, but we'll go long enough to get the information. Shout out to my rock stars. Like what made you become a psychiatrist and what do you really enjoy about it? Well, I always knew I wanted to help children. That was apparent from high school level. I always wanted to be a pediatrician, but as I was doing medical school, I went through all the rotations, surgery, dermatology, plastic surgery, everything. But when I came to my psychiatry rotation, I just found myself really loving it really looking forward to talking to the children at the behavioral health center. And I really had to question myself, like, what is this feeling? Like I have never ever thought about psychiatry in my whole life. 
until that moment. And wait just, a minute, wait. You want to be a pediatrician? Yep. Me to be too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be. I was like, I, I just love you. Remember all those vaccine schedules. So that was a deterrent. <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! We love about psychiatry. It really is a different story of each child. Each um, symptom is a, a factor of something that happened to them in their life. You know, their parents their own individual story. Whereas in pediatrics, it's an earache is an earache, you know? So, <laughs> I do find that interesting and intriguing and keeping me going with psychiatry. So that's the great thing about this is that I love the fact that you, I can hear the passion in your voice. My rock stars who are tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika, I just want you to listen to like how she followed was like, what is that? If you are in something right now and you're trying to figure out like, what are you going to do? Or you, you're having a career change. You're dealing with different things. Listen to that inner voice. Cause a lot of times it's right on track, right on track to where you're supposed to be going. And so the youth tell a story. I like, I've never heard it thought. I've never heard it expressed that way. It tell the story of what's going on with them. Um, is there anything, is there like, are you dealing with all ages of youth? Like what's your age category in particular? Um, well, right now, my private practice, the, probably the youngest I have is six years old. And then, of course, I have teenagers. I have young adults. And I see adult, and I see adults also age up to 65, 70. So I have a full range of patients. But, yeah, it's mostly between 8 and 25. Okay, so I'm going to ask this question. And I like, and I'm serious. Like, when it comes, like, pre-pandemic, if a person was, if a child, if the child was coming to see you, do they, do they lie on a couch? Like, like the movies? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I do have a couch, but no one has ever laid on it. They have reclined back. They have done crisscross applesauce, put their feet on the couch. But it's funny you say that because now that it is in the pandemic, I've transitioned to telepsychiatry. And uh, literally my patient was in his bed holding the phone up and just, I'm like, are you in your bed? He's like, yes, I am. And he's just totally comfortable. So patients are comfortable. They love it. They actually love tel telepsychiatry. I could see that because it's like, you could actually relax as opposed to getting in the car and driving somewhere and meeting with your psychiatrist, but just like, let me relax. I like, no, trust the person. I'm in the comfort of my own home. There's something to be said about that, right? Definitely. There's no white coat syndrome. They're not walking into a medical clinic and going into an unknown room. They're just in the comfort of their own bed, their own chair, their own couch, you know, so it's great. And it really helps me. I love seeing their rooms, the child's room. I had this one girl who said her favorite color was green and she had like green dyed hair. She would wear green. Then when I saw her post COVID or during COVID, her whole room was green. The ceiling, the walls, her bed covers, everything. everything. Yeah. So, so she it like has a lot of light into the patient when I see their surroundings. Right. Because that actually that's one of the things I know. I we did this series on virtual learning and the challenges that come along with virtual learning, but it gives you a window inside of a home that you normally wouldn't see in a typical yeah. school setting. So now you're like all in the house, like, okay. You, you really do like green. <laughs> I have three remote learners, so their teachers have seen it all in our house. <laughs> three. Uh, how old are your kids, Dr. Cardillo? I have three kids, a 12-year-old daughter. She's the sweetest girl ever. Helps me with her two brothers, nine and seven. 
Okay, you're like the rock stars. I need to step up my game. Like my little two little Mohicans. <laughs> you know what else I added to my life? I added a puppy. So yeah, I just like to have a difficult life sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so you basically have a newborn. Yeah. You basically have a newborn. Um, I love it because that just I help people. I want people who are tuned in. My rock stars who are tuned in to rocking with Dr. Tamika. I don't want you guys to put physicians on a pedestal. I want you to realize there's just regular individuals who are trying to work and get information to help you get to where you want to get to as it relates to your health. And in particular, as we deal with the psychiatry emphasis and mental health, this is a big thing. I mean, it's huge. I mean, I have people who are therapists who are having challenges. Oh yeah. I forgot to tell you guys, you know, we are practicing social distancing. So if you hear a phone ring, a dog bark, somebody yell in the background, mom, we are working from home. And that is okay, all right? So I definitely want you to recognize that we are doing big things here with Rocking with Dr. Tamika. So uh, Dr. Cardillo, tell us, what are some of the common things people come to see you about? Well, usually there's a problem at school or a relationship problem or behavioral problem. So that goes with depression or anxiety, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, eating disorders. Those are the main um, uh, diagnoses I see in my practice. Okay, let's back up real quick. When you say a relationship, like something at school, like explain that to us a little bit. What do you mean by that? Well, sometimes kids will be, you know, won't aren't able to interact with other children. And that points more towards Asperger's disorder or autism disorder. Or if they're, you know, um, interrupting the classroom, you know, constantly disrupting the class, they're getting in trouble by the teacher. So that points more to towards ADHD, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Or, you know, in relationships, they withdraw from their friends. They withdraw from um, their um, siblings or their parents. And that points more towards depression and anxiety. So that's what I talk about, the social relationship problems. Okay, so this is interesting. Now, so those of you who are tuned in, my rock stars who are tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika, those, you know I'm married. I have my husband and my two boys. My son um, and my husband just left to go on a trip for hockey. And he literally calls me from the airport and is like, what's Asperger's? He like literally just, I can tell you maybe, I don't know, 45 minutes ago. And I like went through that. So can you explain to our rock stars what like an example, like to help them see better, like what what is Asperger's? Well, Asperger's disorder, that's um, like, it's on the autism spectrum disorder. It's, it's a mild form of autism. And what we usually see with Asperger's is they're just not able to socially connect they don't read social cues very well. You know, they, you, they say odd um, responses. They just act a little bit more odd and they don't understand what you're trying to say to them or cue to them also. You know, and they're very brilliant people who have Asperger's disorder. You know, some people think Bill Gates has Asperger's disorder. Really? You know? Yes, yeah, so he's he he could be a good example. I I don't know him personally, but <laughs> I have heard that. But it's mostly mostly the social aspect of Asperger's disorder which comes out. Okay, so I feel really good because that's how I explained it to my husband. So I was like, okay, I need my rock stars to understand that, you know, now don't go around diagnosing people, looking around, <laughs> thinking like, you know what, that sound like Asperger's. Well, that's one thing why people don't know I'm a psychiatrist because I don't, you know, read people's minds or, you know, diagnose people when I see them or comment. People always think that me as a psychiatrist, 
I'm doing that. But really, I leave that at work. It, it is a hard job to actually, you know, diagnose people. So I just leave that for work. <laughs> oh, yeah, leave it there. Leave it there because I don't need you coming anywhere. Like just like, well, that person has. <laughs> so, <laughs> but so exactly. like anxiety, depression, um, ADHD, autism, mm-hmm. Asperger's, and that's actually something that's common. That these things are not like abnormal, but these are common diagnoses that people come in with. Yes, definitely. And we're seeing more and more of depression and anxiety, unfortunately, in our younger population. Really? And I I was wondering about that, especially because there's so much, I mean, there's so much going on in the world. There's so much comparison and there's so many other things that they have access to and they have to uh, be exposed to that impacts their day-to-day lives. And I don't think a lot of times people, um, sometimes parents may be oblivious. They're like, no, 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 not my child. No, my child is good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even having the news on 24-7, like you just have it on the background, but you don't realize your child is actually listening and watching and seeing the car chases, seeing the, the gun shooting, seeing the police and the protests and just everything that's going on in our world today it gets overwhelming for sure. It gets really overwhelming. And I try to explain to uh, my uh, my youngest child, Dawson, he's my 11-year-old, who just loves computers. I'm like, you can't be in front of the computer all day, every day, because you know they have different ads that pop up and different things that come through. I mean, it definitely has an impact at some in some shape, form, or fashion. It may not happen now, but it's definitely going to manifest. At least that's what I believe. Yeah, and I'm sure you heard about the recent TikTok suicide that was uh, that was posted on TikTok. It was just terrible. You know, a lot of children saw that. It was somebody committed suicide on TikTok. Now, this is what I'm saying. This is that access, right? Yeah. So, and it's unfortunate. So, you think that, like, it's all about, can I get a view? Can I get this many likes? Can I get this, you know, what, like, this, this uh, feeling of, you know, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to be, you know, all of that as it relates. And there's enough challenge. One, uh, I want to know this. What are the biggest misconceptions parents make as it relates to psychiatry? Well, there are a few misconceptions parents make. One is that medication is the only answer. It's funny because I am a psychiatrist, but I don't like using medications if I don't need to. That is, um, you know, just something added to my treatment. And I'm a big proponent of therapy. I love therapy. Therapy is getting to the root of the problem, you know, trying to dissect it and figure out what is going on. And then, you know, you use the tools that the therapist teaches you, the coping mechanisms. And when medication comes in play is when the child cannot engage in the therapy. Like they're so depressed or so anxious, they're unable to use those tools or coping mechanisms that the therapist is trying to teach them. So it's more um, to help them engage. And um, I have heard children, like I had one patient who had depression and she was in therapy for three to six months. And finally, she just was not getting better. So I started a medication and she um, likened it to as the fog was clearing. And Mm. another patient said like he felt like he was not walking in syrup anymore. He like before with the depression, he was just like moving so slowly and just depressed, no energy. And so that the medication really helps with that, that part. So this is interesting because as someone who practices myself, who practices functional medicine, who says like, okay, before I give you a whole bunch of prescription meds or even a whole bunch of supplements, let's try to figure out what else we can do to um, 
get to the root cause of what's going on, like you said. And I love the fact, oh my gosh, Dr. Cardillo, those of you who tuned into Rocket with Dr. Tamika, she is here. She just told you that she doesn't go to medication first. She tries, you know, therapy, therapy, therapy is so important. And then one of the other things I want to make sure you hear, if you have any questions um, or comments that you want to bring up, hit me on my Instagram at DM me at I am Dr. Tamika, D-R-T-A, M as in Mary, I-K-A, because you know we spell Tamika all kinds of ways. Make sure you hit us up, hit me up rather, and let me know your questions so I can ask Dr. Cardillo. But I love the fact that you just don't go straight to medication. And I think that's important because I think that is a misconception that many people think that you go straight to medication. That is true. And another misconception about medication is that a lot of people say, oh, I don't want, want my child to be addicted or dependent on the medication. But, you know, if the child had diabetes and you were giving them insulin, would you say, I don't want them to be addicted or dependent on insulin? It's just not in the same category as addiction. You know, we think of addiction as, you know, addicted to cocaine, marijuana, those types of things, alcohol. But, you know, this is, you know, physiologically, your brain is low on serotonin so or depression, anxiety. So basically, the medication is helping the serotonin levels to um, remain high. So that they're not as depressed, not as anxious. Okay, so look, she just dropped a pearl right there. If you're knowing someone that's dealing with um, signs and symptoms that are looking like depression and anxiety, low serotonin. Serotonin is a neurotransmitter, so serotonin. So I, I love this because people don't know. I mean, do, can you just tell them what are some common signs and symptoms of anxiety and depression so that my rock stars can just start to think about it a little bit? Yeah, sure. So usually what co comes um, into mind with anxiety and depression is irritability. Kids really show irritability. And another symptom that is missed or mistaken for something else is somatic symptoms like headache or stomach ache. You know, parents think that's something they ate. But, you know, if this is something continuing or right before school starts, like at the end of the weekend, you know that they're anxious about going back to school. You know, they're having stomach aches or they're vomiting or different things, headaches like that. And other symptoms definitely are decreased concentration, feeling guilty about things, decreased energy, um, you know, obviously hopelessness, feeling sad, you know, feelings of um, wanting to hurt yourself, unfortunately, suicide, homicide, you know, these are really big symptoms. And unfortunately, I do see this in very young children. And it's, you know, it's really heartbreaking when I do see it. But I'm glad that they, they've come and asked for help and I could help them that way. So this is interesting. You bring up the when should a parent like which they should start to think, you know, maybe I should get my child in to see someone. When like when when is that or what should they be looking out for? Talk yeah, well, I, what I look at is the level of severity and their level of functioning. So how bad are the symptoms? Are they mild, moderate, severe? And are they um, able to function? You know, I've seen depressed patients, but they are able to go to school, get straight A's, you know, um, do their job, do well, you know, um, but they're suffering in social aspects where they're not seeing their friends and they're just um, isolating in their room. So what I look like at, again, is the level of function and the level of severity. And obviously you could do a consultation with a therapist or even ask your pediatrician and they'll point you the right way. You know, you could do a consultation without the child with a therapist or a psychiatrist and they'll tell you. I've had so many people come to me 
and say, Do, does my patient, does my daughter, son need medication? I'm like, no, they're, they're good. You know, this is normal teenage behavior. <laughs> <laughs> and like, we immediately like, like something's wrong with your medication. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my child is irritable. She won't talk to me, you know, but you know, it's it just, it's normal. You have to decipher what is normal teenage behavior and what is not. And what um, level of severity is it affecting their functioning? Well, it's interesting. Those of you who are tuned in to Rocket with Dr. Tamika, you know, I want to make sure we give this resource as it relates to mental health and substance abuse national helpline. That number is 1-800-662-HELP. If you know someone or you yourself are dealing with something that's related to mental health or substance abuse, do not hesitate to call 1-800-662-HELP, which is 4357. You know, as I think about the example you just gave earlier, Dr. Cardillo, and the TikTok unfortunate suicide, um, I just want to just dive a little bit more into this as it relates to social media. Like, what do you think, like, how is the social media really impacting our youth today? Oh, it has a huge impact and a huge influence on our children today. You know, as you may know, a lot of kids are, are addicted to social media. You know, they're constantly checking it, constantly looking for the likes. And, um, you know, social media does um, skew people's perception on what they see and what is normal, what mm. is beauty, you know, what is real. <laughs> <laughs> and so, unfortunately, children, you know, what I feel is they need to be educated about social media. They really need to. Um, we would never give our kids the car keys and tell them, okay, go drive, you know. So why do we just give our kids an Instagram account and say, okay, there you go, and don't talk to them about digital citizenship or oh. digital etiquette you know, or just um, how to use this appropriately. And uh, I think, I think we have something there, Dr. Tamika, we need a class. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think we need online learning. You know how I feel about learning and doing different things. I, I really do because I even talked about um, with my virtual learning series, we talked about how like people don't know how to do virtual learning. There is an etiquette. You need to be dressed. You need to be in front of a desk. You need to, you know, what can you wear? You don't, I mean, but we take this for granted and you and I joke about it, right? But it's real. We, we definitely need a digital etiquette class. I'm a, all right, I'm a challenge Dr. Cardillo's, the, the Cardillo's to an online class because we need some help. Yeah. I just think parents are overwhelmed. The students are overwhelmed. The school districts are overwhelmed. And we just got to come together with our resources and help them realize there is a time and place for everything. And the idea of how social media impacts like the self-esteem alone mm -hmm. is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Self-esteem is, is tough with social media. You know, um, the self-esteem most of the time is negatively influenced. And again, this leads to anxiety and depression. And, you know, just when they receive negative feedback or sarcastic comments, again, their self-image is looked at negatively and their self-esteem goes down even more. So with social media, it's been linked to high levels of loneliness, envy, anxiety, depression, narcissism, and even decreased social skills. You know, kids don't even really know how to talk on the phone anymore and have conversations. It's all through text or direct message or comments or likes, you know, so that's one <laughs> big problem. 
Oh my gosh, I have we have had this conversation in my home. My rock stars who are tuned in to rock it with Dr. Tamika. I just want you to stop and think whether you have kids or not, you know some kids, you have some nieces or nephews who are on social media. Have you tried to talk to them on the telephone? <laughs> well, I have been bad myself at times. I will text my child from one room and they're like in another room just because I'm too tired. <laughs> Okay, you're keeping it real. This yeah. is why I like Dr. Cardillo. She's keeping it real. She's like, I'm not, first of all, she's not a yeller. Let me just put that out there. She's really calm. She oh. texts her child to the room, like, go clean the kitchen. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that is so, I mean, I totally get it, but it's like, it's the ease. You know, we want the immediate gratification. We want to get the answer. And, you know, a like, or a thumbs down or this face or that face can destroy how a person's feeling because they can take this picture and put every filter known to man on it. Mm -hmm. And then somebody gives a thumbs down or doesn't comment and then poof, self-esteem distraught, just gone. Just the person is distraught. Everything's ruined. And I'm like, are we talking about a like? (laughs) (laughs) The whole world is over with that thumbs down. And what I tell my patients is that they could get 99 thumbs up but with one thumb down, they will focus on that one thumbs down and perseverate on that one thumbs down and just ignore all the, the lovely comments and other things that people have said. And you know, that's it's, terrible. That's horrible. You know, I'm thinking about this. I'm always wondered why is that? Like why you can have 99 million likes mm-hmm. and 10 thumbs down, dislikes, whatever. And you will, a person, myself, anyone will like, just just stay right there and just like just melt down on these ninety nine. What is the thought behind that? You know what? I wish I had the, a great answer to that. But what I tell my patient is that unfortunately our, our brains play tricks on us sometimes. You know, our brains just go there to the negative. And you know what I tell my patient is that for every negative thought you have, you have to have at least three or four positive thoughts. Because unfortunately, that's just the way our brain goes. It likes to focus on the negatives, likes to focus on the on the dislikes, whatever, the thumbs down. So you just got to keep yourself in check and um, focus on what's positive, you know? I, I completely agree. And I tell my patients the same thing because they get so caught up in like, well, I'm not doing this right. This doesn't look, look well. Um, I'm not getting where I want to get to. And I tell them right then and there, I'm like, you know, but what have you done well that's working for you right now? What is actually, what's a win? Mm -hmm. What's a win right now? And then it's so true. You need to take so many more positive thoughts. Like you said, Dr. Cardillo, to combat that one negative. It takes a lot more effort and takes, and it's draining. It is. Draining. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. You can use this on husbands too, you know, for the one complaint that they have, you have to tell them, so what are the three good things that I have done? (laughs) Okay, look, you know she's an adult psychiatrist too. For those of you who are like, you know, we need some help with this mental health. As we talk about self-esteem and as we talk about dealing with the dislikes, she said you get a negative comment, you know, that negative comment. Okay, what did I do right? Okay, here are some positive things. Reinforcement positive reinforcement oh yes we need to continue to like oh you we can we can preach a whole chapter a whole book rather (laughs) and you know as you know self-affirmations it just goes a long way you know if you don't um really trust in yourself you don't think you're worthy then nobody else will you know so you got to do it yourself and do it for your own self i totally agree i tell people you know nobody knows your body better than you 
Nobody's going to advocate for you better than you. So you have to begin to advocate for yourself. And you say self-affirmation. I completely believe in that. And I, what I say in my book, The Unlimited You Detox, is you know we have to do what's called affirm action. Whatever you affirm, put an action behind it so that you can see it in play. Mm-hmm. Because I think if people think sometimes they say things over and over again that it's just going to manifest. Mm-hmm. It may or may not, but if you put an action behind it, at least you can see it come into play. And I love it because we're giving people something else to focus on. Right, right. As opposed to the negative. And then when I think about all the things that are coming up, and I think about like you said you have kids in your practice as young as six. I don't think people really think about the impact in children that young. I think they're like, oh, you know, middle school, high school, but that's that's the primary years, you know, that's mm-hmm. elementary school. Yes, yes, um, definitely. I do see a lot of elementary children and, you know, there are different reasons to all of it. Sometimes it's divorce, separation, you know, the, mm. the children see the parents fighting. It's really tough on them. And so, um, or, you know, maybe they're involved in a traumatic event, a car accident, getting stuck in an elevator, types of things like that. Or, and of course, sexual, uh, physical abuse, which is really a, a tough one, you know, to deal with. But yeah, I definitely do see it. Um, my youngest patient going back uh, was, is 18 months old, and that's for autism and Asperger's, those types of things. But more for depression and anxiety. Oh, that's actually, so I'm loving this because I think it's just, I want my rock stars who are tuned in to rock it with Dr. Jimmy. I just want you to just stop and listen to what's being shared here on this, this opportunity to hear like the challenges that exist and the way we need to look at our youth, because now we have so much access. There's so much issue, so many issues as it relates to mental health, but look, you don't know what a person has been through and how it's impacting them. And as I think about it, you know, can you speak to the challenges associated with body image and poor self-esteem and like basically are there any like recommendations you have for our youth and parents for this yeah definitely um well going back to social media it definitely poses a challenge on body image and self-esteem you know usually what they're posting as the norm is like this thin ultra thin model or a chiseled athlete's body And what children and teenagers don't realize, and even some adults, is that these are airbrushed. These are meant to look flawless. And what uh, the challenge is that you want the teenager or child, whatever, strives to be just like that picture. But it's not reality. It's not normal. It's not normal at all. So my recommendation would one, to stop comparing yourself to others. You know, you really have to just love yourself, know that you are worthy and that every body type is beautiful and really build your own self-esteem up. And just remember that the images that you see on social media are not um, normal. They're not the norm. They really aren't. If you look at our society, everyone is not ultra thin. Probably not <laughs> many of us, you know, but there are beautiful people all around us. And another recommendation would be to just take a break from social media. Take a break, oh. break from screens, you know, um, connect with other people like in real life. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's hard during this uh, COVID times where we have to social distance, but you know, you just got to get creative and be have play dates six, eight, ten feet apart, whatever you could do. But I love that because I think it's important that people say, you know, stop comparing yourself. I'm very big on that. You know, mm-hmm. love yourself. 
Every body type is beautiful. I want you to understand, am I rock stars? Each of us are unique. Each one of us are divinely designed. Each of us are beautiful in our own right. And especially in our mind. And then take a break. I talk about taking a fast from social media. It's important that we do these things. It's like, it's good for your overall mental health. Take a break. You don't have to know everything that's going on right now on social media. No. It's still going to be there. And it's, <laughs> And the image is filtered, okay? Yes, <laughs> the yeah. image is really, really filtered. And as you know, there's a lot of FOMO going on, fear of missing out. You know, true. I had a, one child come to me, and um, she she got really upset that she saw her friends at the mall. They took a picture at the mall, and she's like, "Why didn't they invite me to the mall?" And she found out that they just actually ran into each other at the mall and just took a picture and posted it. You know, so. Yeah, you definitely have to remind yourself this could be anything. You know, you can't go to that negative thought right away. Oh my gosh, that is a good point because I can tell you, you know, when you see a picture, we automatically interpret it. You know, they went to the mall, they went on vacation, they uh, went and did something without me. And, you know, we have to help our children deal with disappointment, our youth. You know, it's okay. You know, it's all right. You weren't invited. You can't be invited to everything. You're not going to go to everything. You're not going to look like that image. You don't have to look like that image. You are beautiful where you are right now today. That's right. Uh, as I look here, I have a few questions coming in. So do you mind if I share them with you, what the listeners are asking yeah. and we can go from there? All right. So we have Roger from El Segundo, California, El Segundo, California. Let's see. How do you assess a child's needs and determine which treatment plan may be right for them? Oh, well, that is a, a, a tough question just because it's very individualized. You know, that's why I have to do a consultation for the child. I talk to each parent. I talk, if it has something to do with the school, I talk to the teacher. And so it's so individualized um, that it's really just, you know, what, what their needs are. You know, if, if it's something like ADHD, you know, I talk to the teacher and we come up with a plan, uh, in-school behavioral plan, you know, have them sit at the front of the room, have the teacher give them certain cues, give them extra time on tests and things like that. Um, you know, if it's depression or anxiety, it's, you know, like I said before, therapy is a big one for me. So, and then we think about medications if they're not able to utilize therapy, but yeah, it's so individualized. I love that because I think what we hear or what I see and what I read as well is that people go on the internet and they'll read something that sounds like the situation that they may be dealing with. And immediately they want to apply that to them. But each situation is unique. That's why you interview and you find out what is actually going on with their situation. And that's why I think that your point is very clear. Like that's not a like protocol. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, there is no real protocol. It's not like an ear infection. You give this antibiotic, you know, that, like I said, I love psychiatry because it's always a different story. There's always something different. No one person is alike. So no, nobody is. Uh, and I'm thankful. And I <laughs> definitely don't want a whole bunch of clones of Dr. Tamika because I'm like, no, <laughs> one is enough. All right. <laughs> All right, so here we have a question number two here coming in. We have um, Nina from Seattle. I've got a 12-year-old that often talks about hurting herself. I understand that it's imperative that I take these comments seriously. My question is, how can I tell if this is an actual feeling or if this is if she's lobbying for attention? Ooh, that's a good one. That is a good question. I mean, I, I as a psychiatrist take any comment serious especially when it has to do with suicide. 
Um, so I just talk with the child as much as possible and try to, um, as, as a psychiatrist, I would go more in depth about what this is about. Where is this coming from? What are they trying to gain from this? Like you said, is she just buying for attention? But usually um, most kids don't go there. They don't go to that suicide or trying to hurt themselves behavior. And if they do, it's worth taking a look at because an accident can happen. You know, whether they're like um, faking, trying to cut, cut themselves, you know, an accident really can happen. So it is something to take seriously and take a deeper look at. I, I'm, I'm curious about this because it's one of those things that like, don't just put it off to the side, you know, like, okay, well, they're just buying for attention. But at the same time, what do you, you have nothing to lose to go actually seek help, mm -hmm. right? Nothing. What, what's the worst thing? To, what's the worst thing that you could possibly say, Dr. Cordillo? The worst thing, like nothing's wrong with your child. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nothing's wrong. I mean, that's but, the worst um, thing. You know, I'm on the cautious side. It's fine to reach out to your pediatrician, to your therapist, and just ask the question. You know, it's not worth the risk for sure. I mean, it's definitely not worth the risk because life is precious, right? And we just, there's too many times you hear of stories where individuals were quote unquote crying out for help. And no, no, they're fine. They're fine. They don't really mean that. And then we lose that person. That's right. a loss to not only that family, but that to community. And it impacts so many lives. It's so unfortunate. So I think it's, you have nothing to lose to say, you know, this is going on, but everything to gain, everything yeah. to gain. My rock stars who were tuned in to rock it with Dr. Tamika. I am excited that Dr. Cardillo is here and answering questions and bringing like the truth and honesty of who she is. You see, she texts her kid from the other room. How many of you have done that? How many of you picked up the phone and uh -huh. text your child? Bring me some water. <laughs> Can you please bring me some water? <laughs> uh, and, uh, looking here, here's another question. Carla from Houston, Texas. I am a true believer that we must uh, be cognizant of the signs as it relates to depression and mental health. I am proud to share that therapy has helped me out tremendously. My daughter is showing the signs that I had at her age. I would like to take her to seek help, but no, she'll be nervous. What should I tell her? I, I, I would tell her that you went through the same exact thing and she's not alone in this. There are so many children dealing with the same thing and it's okay to be nervous and tell her that you were nervous when you first went in, but and tell her your experience and how it helped you. So it will help normalize the situation. And it is, it is nerve wracking. Even if, if I went to see a new therapist, a new person that I'm supposed to tell my deepest, darkest secrets to, or my feelings to, it is nerve wracking. But you know, it, it's as long as you try to empathize, show compassion and understand and listen to your child, I think she'll be more reassured that it's okay to, you know, talk to a therapist. And I think you, what you bring up, Dr. Cadillo, is such a good point is that the reassurance piece and to share. I think a lot of times, um, I think as adults, when we have children, we have to be mindful of everything we share, but when it can, when they can relate to them, to where you, they are as the youth as their children, our kids and helping them to see that I've been where you are. And this mm -hmm. is what I experienced. There's something about that validity, that calmness, that, re that connectedness that shows I'm here. I get it. This is what I experienced. Mm -hmm. I, I love that.
And that's where really group therapy really comes into play. Uh, children really realize that, oh, I'm not alone. And wow, other people are feeling the exact same way that I'm feeling. And oh, this is how they dealt with it. That's a great idea, you know? So group therapy does help a lot with uh, children too. Because, you know, I could tell my child I, I went through this as many times as I want to, but sometimes they just don't, you know, relate to our stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right you know, mom. Yeah. Every avenue. <laughs> I, I'm laughing because it's so true. It's like, mom, you're old. Mom, don't do that. Like, you don't, or you don't get it. Yeah, or it was different during your time, mom, which it was. You know, I feel so terrible for our children these days. They just have access to too much. You know, they have immediate gratification for everything. They want everything now or yesterday. You know, when we order something from Amazon, why isn't it here? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. What you know, and look, I have no comment, but definitely, you know, that prime. I am gonna give a major shout out to that because that's what we get so much right away. Like microwave, you heat it up a few minutes. I tried to heat something on the stove. No, mom, mm-mm. No, it takes too long. I'm like, oh my gosh. the other day I tried to um, explain to my children about trying to record on a, you know, VHS, you know, you tried to record like Family Ties or something or a Cosby show or something like that. And you miss the recording or you have to rewind and fast forward. They had no idea what I was talking about. No, <laughs> I mean, between, between the DVRs, the TikToks, the YouTubes, the <laughs> Prime, yeah, Prime. Instacart, Uber Eats. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We yeah, everything is at their disposal right now. And it's funny, uh, we were at Santa Monica Pier one day and my kids asked for water and my husband refused to buy them water. And he said, it's okay for them to be thirsty sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I'm like <laughs> They can wait. They need to appreciate, right? We need to appreciate this. We don't, when I think about like what we're talking about here is this instant gratification. And I, I want to go back to that social media stuff because when we think about this uh, overall like self-image and poor self-esteem and body image and like all this instant stuff you can get with these filters, then it translates into their personal view of themselves. It's like, I, I want to give parents a tool. Is there anything you can recommend to help parents support their children as they're dealing with, we are in truly a growing social media age. Like, mm -hmm. is there any, anything you could recommend? Yeah. Well, basically I feel like education is key, you know, really showing, you could bring up examples on the internet about how, you know, this celebrity really looks like this, but then when they, <laughs> when they Photoshop or airbrush, they look like this. And they can really see the difference. They need that visual comparison, you know, so educating them that what you see on social media is usually not real or norm or everyone's putting their best foot forward. You right. know, everyone thinks like everyone has the greatest vacations or, you know, the greatest pool, whatever it may be, but they don't know exactly what's going on behind closed doors or how that person is feeling. And just, you know, you can't really compare yourself. You just can't. No, you cannot. I, I love this because, you know, I think about um, when you're taking pictures, like, you know, you're taking pictures and you post it on whether it's going to be 
on your Facebook page or your Instagram page and you're, you're doing this video on TikTok, you, when people mess up, you're like, oh man, no, do it again. You know, and then people get an attitude, right? They're upset. My rock stars. Have you been there? My rock stars who are doing this. Hi, 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 angle. We need the good angle. <laughs> Oh my gosh. My rock stars who are tuned into Rocket with Dr. Tamika. Have you been there when you've taken a picture? Like, no, don't put that one. No, mm -mm. no, uh uh. Let me wait. Let me hold my stomach in. Or do, it again, do, it again. do it again. Do it again. And then the picture comes out picture perfect. It's picture perfect. But that was like after the 10th take. <laughs> we don't see. And a few filters. And a few filters. I mean, these fil when I tell you these filters are good, there is this one um, app, and I can't remember the name of it, where you can, like, if you want to go in and get plastic surgery, right? Uh -huh. You take a picture, and then the app basically adjusts wherever you need to be fixed at. And then <laughs> this is the prediction. Like, this is what you're going to look like oh, after all that. Oh. And then people, they go and they want that. They want it. Oh, gosh, it's really too much. It is. Um, let me ask you, um, what has been one of the most challenging things you've seen as it relates to the current situation dealing with COVID-19 and, and mental health? Well, definitely in children has been the social aspect. You know, I have a middle schooler, um, just started sixth grade, and she literally has seen her best friend maybe two times in the last six months in person. And so, you know, that age group, they are reliant on social connectivity. So, um, you know, you do see a lot of depression or sadness. And, you know, I myself have talked to my own daughter about sacrifice, about responsibility, about, you know, sometimes we just can't have it our way for the health and safety of others. And what we've done is we've done very creative things, you know, baking, Zooming, you know, <laughs> playing board games, Zooming, social distancing, boba making, social distance pool parties and movies. So you can't, you'd have to get creative, but um, that's what I've seen mostly depression a lot. And then, you know, in other, um, for, for other people, it is tough. I mean, as much as we love our children and our parents and everyone, it's tough being around everyone 24 seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, just stop right there, Dr. Cardillo. My rock stars who were tuned in to rock it with Dr. Tamika. Oh my goodness, Dr. Cardillo. It's huh. rough. It's yeah. not easy being around the same people all day, every day, 24-7, yeah. cooking your own food all the time, trying to get... It's not easy. So mm -hmm. my rock stars, did you hear Dr. Cardillo say that? I love... That you see, this is why I like the honesty and the transparency. Because some people come in and they're like, oh, it's so easy. You know, I'm everything's great, everything's fine, I'm good. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's tough. It's really tough. But uh yeah, you really have to just um for that, you gotta really take care of yourself, take your own breaks, go in your room and lock yourself up for a, an hour or two. <laughs> Which was interesting. I had a client tell me about one of the people that was in, um, they were in a meeting for work and this particular colleague from work put herself in the bathroom <laughs> at the meeting because she was trying to escape from her kids. And I talked about this on my Instagram story and how, you know, you need your quiet time. And as the meeting was coming to a close, there was some knocking on the door. They're like, mom, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. My quiet place is the garage. 
the garage. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This is like my rock stars who are tuned in to rock it with Dr. Tamika. Where is your quiet place? Like, where do you go? I've had people, you've heard Dr. Cardilla goes to the garage. I had a client's colleague tell me that they went to the bathroom. I had someone else tell me they go sit in their car just to get away, <laughs> just to get away from people. Um, yeah. I've had other people we do, uh, now on um, Fridays, we do Beach Friday in the afternoon. Uh, but like, where do you go? Where do you go to just take a moment and just, you know, just recharge yourself away from everybody else? And a lot of times people don't like to be alone. Mm-hmm. And now we're even more alone than before. People don't want to um, recognize it's okay to be alone. Like I used to go to the movies by myself. Talk. Of, I don't know when I'm going to the movies again, but I used to go <laughs> by myself. I'm like, you know, it's okay. Nobody wants to see this movie. But that was a time I needed for me just to just relax my mind, relax my body, pay attention to what's on the screen and just just enjoy what's being played out on the screen, right? But I what think you're making a good point about being alone. Like people are uncomfortable being alone. They're not used to it. And so what they have to do is like wonder or ask themselves, what is it about being alone is that they're not liking? You know, do they have, are they like, uh, reflecting more about themselves and they don't want to do that work, you know? And, but we all need that to grow, you know, to grow personally. We need that time alone. Our lives are just full of distractions all the time. Sports, you know, birthday parties, every work, everything, social media, computers. And, um, you know, there are some silver linings to this COVID, you know, we have we have a lot of time with our family, which we probably and hopefully will never get back ever again. Like I've spent so much time with my children and my husband over these past six months that I would have never been able to um, spend before because we were just busy just going everywhere. Three, three children with six different sports and three children with all their different birthday parties and school events. And it, it really is a blessing in disguise that we get this time to just – you know, relax, sit back and um, just enjoy each other. You know, I love that because when you think about it, you know, we're bothered by this. We're not going to work. We're social distance. You can't hug somebody. You can't give a high five. You know, you, we're not doing, we, we, you're not supposed to be in a big group, <laughs> but what can you do? So that goes back to what we said at the onset of rocking with Dr. Tamika here. We're doing our health and beauty series from the inside out and just looking at, how we started, you know, it's okay to enjoy the time alone. It's okay to recognize that, you know, there's a blessing in all of this. The focus is on you. The focus is on you having the best situation in your home. Maybe it's not the ideal situation that you want it to be right now, but what is good about it? What can, what's the win? What's the positive? Definitely. Gratitude is huge. We need to be grateful for what we have and where we are. You know, I do the uh, Peloton and one of the um, instructors, she always says, anyone, there is someone out there who will switch places with you in a second. They will want your life, whatever good and bad you have, they will want it because you know, they have it worse than you. They, you know, there are people out there who don't have jobs or, who are starving, hungry, or being abused. You know, I feel bad for children who are at homes with abusive parents and, you know, their safe place was school. And um, that's where they got their meals. And that's where they were safe and comforted by their um, teachers. So, 
you know, we just have to be grateful and have gratitude for the things that we do have right now. And I'm going to add to that by saying my rock stars, be grateful for how you look, be grateful for your beauty, be grateful for putting this in perspective of who you are right now, because there's so much to be thankful for. And you taking care of you is the best thing that you can do for you right now. Right, right now. As I think about this, uh, Dr. Cardillo, how can my rock stars, well, let me tell you right now, Dr. Cardillo is busy. So if you can get on her schedule, that's great. But how can they connect with you, reach out to you if they want to get a consultation? Yes, definitely. My, uh, my Call my office. My office. You could call me at 310-351-9555. That's directly to my office. And I'd be happy to see you. So look, you see how she is. You see that she's down to earth. She keeps it real. She didn't hide anything about how she is at home and some of the challenges that she has. And she's not a big proponent of medication unless it's necessary. She believes in therapy. She believes in you believing in yourself and taking care of yourself. How do you reach her? 310-351-9555. That's a lot of five, Dr. Cardillo. <laughs> Terrible. It's not, I actually think it's easy. So 351-9555. That's how I would say it. But All just right. making certain that you guys hear what Dr. Cardillo was saying and how um, important it is not to compare and to recognize, you know, if you are concerned about yourself, concerned about a child, concerned about a friend or family member, it does not hurt you to pick up the phone and reach out and say, you know, have a consultation with the therapist, with your pediatrician, with your internist, with, with another uh, doctor, so that you can get the help for yourself or your loved one, because don't ignore it. It may be something small, but what if it's not? Your life is precious. Who you are is precious. And the fact of the matter is that you guys are doing a great job taking care of yourself. And if you haven't started to, I say this and I'll say it again. It's not that you have to take care of yourself. It's that you get to take care of yourself. And I hope you get to reach out and meet up with Dr. Cardillo because she is doing big things. Is there any um, last minute advice that you would give for our listeners, Dr. Cardillo? Yeah, you know, I always tell my parents, you know, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself so that you could be that better parent to your child. You know, um, a lot, um, going back to the misconceptions, sometimes families want to identify the child as the patient, but I actually like to identify the whole family as a patient because you are all living together. You all have different dynamics. You are all intertwined, interacting with each other. So as a parent, you know, look into your own depression or your own anxiety, your own insecurities, your own low self-esteem, whatever body image, whatever it may be. And, you know, your child has ears and eyes everywhere. They are watching every single, every single, believe me, every single thing you do. Because my kids just call me on everything. It's just sad. But, <laughs> but literally, um, they will follow suit. If they see you taking care of yourself, they will want to take care of themselves also. If they see you um, dealing with depression, anxiety, and trying to help yourself, they also will want to help yourself. Like, wow, mom's actually in a good mood, but she's feeling better, you know? So yeah, I would, that would be the last tip. Take care of yourself and you'll be that better parent to your child. Oh, I'm loving the fact that you said like, they see everything. They hear 
everything. Children are that sponge that you like. You think it's all. You think that ear. You think those AirPods are in there. They can't hear anything. Oh my goodness! Have I not been called out? Yeah. <laughs> and what I recently learned is they read everything. I.e., my texts. My dog <laughs> reads my texts. So you gotta just be careful. Everything you do, parents. <laughs> <laughs> I see. It's so true. So if you are taking care of yourself, like Dr. Cardilla said, if you are speaking life, because you know, words are powerful, where you stare is where you will steer, what you're talking about, what you're focusing on, your children will start to listen to that and will start to take suit. If you're all into the filters and making sure your body looks a certain way and you're trying to compare yourself to somebody else and it's having a negative impact, just pay, take a pause. Like Sashi said, Sasha said last week, Sashi said from Z Quinn Life, she was like, you know, take a pause, take a breath, relax. You know what? What are you doing for yourself? And how is that impacting the people around you, especially our youth? They are impacted in more ways than one. And they will let you know. Like I told you, my son said, Mom, I'm in a meeting right now. Back <laughs> up. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. I um have been so thrilled to have you, Dr. Cardillo, on Rocket with Dr. Tamika here as we discuss our health and beauty from the inside out. You have totally rocked it out. And I'm so thankful that you were able to join us. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure, Dr. Tamika. My rock stars, you know we keep it on and popping and we keep things moving forward. I am super excited for our next uh, show. I'm definitely bringing you something a little bit different. So stay tuned to Rock It with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio. Remember, a healthier you leads to a healthier community. And I'm all about health. Talk with you soon. Stay tuned. My rock stars. You're listening to Rock It with Dr. Tamika on Dash Radio.